Hello, friends and church leaders. Welcome to another episode of the Effective Church Leaders Podcast, where we offer practical advice and insights to help you get better equipped, lead more effectively, and help your church thrive. I'm your host, Becky Holton, and I'm joined by my bearded co-host, Carrie Holton. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you are. How are you today? It's looking good over there. I don't know. I'm getting kind of tired of looking at it. I like it. I like it. One of these days you're going to wake up and it'll be gone. You look like a little chihuahua. <laughs> it's all shaved Oh, off. my. Well, what are we talking about today? Well, today, hon, we are talking about some of the foundational principles of effective ministry. You oh, know, there okay. are some values that are basic to effective ministry. And and we, was, we just want to talk about some of those. They're just mm-hmm. foundational principles that we want to discuss. Good. Well, I think an important question is whom are we addressing in this podcast? You know, who's our audience? Yes. Well, you know, really, we are addressing anyone who is involved in ministry. Of course, that would surely include preachers, paid ministerial staff, elders and deacons, but it would also include ministry leaders and everyone who is involved in the Lord's ministry. That would be all of us. Right, right. You know, in our last episode, we identified seven questions to confirm a calling. And that content that we talked about last time may have prompted us to consider the content of this episode, which we hope will be more obvious in just a few minutes. And also, I think it is interesting that we have just begun an online study of Paul's letter to the to the Romans. And coincidentally, Paul talks about calling in the opening verses of that letter. He calls himself a called apostle in the very first verse of the of the book in chapter one. And then in verse eight, just seven verses later, he writes that the readers of this letter, the followers of Christ in Rome, were, quote, called to belong to Christ, quote. We can well understand why, I mean, I can understand why Paul felt a sense of calling as an apostle to the Gentiles, but he writes that every follower of Christ has been called as well. And, you know, called to what? That's a question that follows. And I would say called to belong to Jesus Christ, Mm -hmm. called to enter into his service. So every single follower of Christ has a calling to enter the Lord's ministry. That's right. And well, that's possibly the long way around uh, for us to to say that the principles of ministry we want to discuss in this podcast then would apply to every Christian since every Christian has been called to ministry and and to the Lord's kingdom. So what we want to say today applies to everyone. It may have taken us a few minutes to get there, but that's what we're trying, <laughs> trying to say. Well, that's right. So what is the first foundational principle of effective ministry that we want to talk about and start discussing in this podcast, hon? Well, The first principle has to do with the motivation for ministry. And here's the principle. One should have a compulsion, a burning desire, yes, even a sense of calling for ministry. Now, you're right. We mentioned this in our last week's podcast. We mentioned that church leaders, indeed every follower of Christ, needs to feel a sense of mission, a sense of calling, that they were put here on this earth at this particular time to fulfill some purpose for the Lord. So not only do church leaders need to feel this, well, it's biblical to have a sense of calling. Right. It comes right out of Scripture. And what we want to say just here is that this 
specifically applies to those who earn a living in ministry. Effective ministry is not done by those who see their work as merely a profession or just another profession. I heard a wonderful and longtime preacher of the gospel say this years ago. That man was Harvey Porter, who preached for the Montgomery Boulevard Church of Christ for over 40 years. He said that those who enter ministry should ask if they have a deep desire to preach and to save souls. Mm-hmm. It's a great question. By the way, I think that is one thing that really set Harvey Porter apart from many other preachers of the gospel is that he lived out that question. He was not only active as a pulpit preacher, but as a personal evangelist. Evangelist That always impressed me about him, that he he regularly and consistently taught one-to-one Bible studies with people who didn't know Jesus. He just made that part of his life and his work, but especially his calling. Right. I really admired him for that reason, too. Now, what Harvey Porter was saying, and of course other longtime preachers would affirm, is that the minister must not view his work as a mere job or as only a way to make a living. He has a right to make a living by preaching, of course. The Bible teaches that. But his work must mean more to him than a job. It must mean more than simply a way to earn a paycheck. And I really feel this may need to be said today. Of course, I don't know that there has been any day when it didn't need to be said. But we've always needed preachers and ministers who were paid to serve, but who did not serve to be paid. True. Again, we're talking about motivation here. It's not the paycheck that motivates effective ministers. It's a deep desire, a passion, a longing to serve the Lord and help people become and grow into followers of Jesus Christ. Right. And again, again, I think we could refer to the prophet Jeremiah, who wrote in Jeremiah uh, 20, 19, when he said, if I say I will not mention him or speak any more in his name, there is in my heart, as it were, a burning fire shut up in my bones, and I'm weary holding it in, and I cannot hold it in. Jeremiah felt a sense of calling. I mean, I think that verse is so powerful. This same sense of calling is needed by ministers today. Ministry is not for those who have a a mercenary spirit. For effective ministers, ministry is a mission. Friends, we'll return to our conversation in just a moment, that conversation about effective ministry and the principles that underlie it. Uh, Permit us for just a moment to promote one more time the online community Bible study that we began this week. In fact, we began it today. We started reading the text today of Paul's letter to the Romans. If you are looking for a way to meet up with God every day, if you are looking for a simple plan for reading and applying the biblical text, one that you can stick with. If you are looking for a community of friends who can become sort of accountability partners for you to help you make daily Bible study and prayer a habit, well, this resource may be just what you are looking for. As I said, we began a new study just today, so it's not too late for you to join us. Just go to our website at EffectiveChurchLeaders.com, scroll to the bottom of the home page, 
and click the Praying Romans tab. You'll find everything you need there to get started. And welcome to the group. Well, here's a second foundational principle of ministry. Effective ministry begins with a commitment to hard work. You know, ministry that is done right requires hard work. In fact, I would say very hard work. You know, here's the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Thessalonica, and he said, You remember our labor and toil, brothers and sisters. We worked night and day that we might not burden any of you while we preached to you the gospel of God. And that's in First Thessalonians 2.19. You know, Paul may have been referring to his work as a leather worker uh, in this passage, but still, the, the Thessalonian Christians would have been reminded as they read this, of Paul's diligence, whether working with leather or the gospel. And, you know, comparing himself in another verse to other apostles, he wrote, I worked harder than any of them in 1 Corinthians 15.10. Paul also told the young minister Timothy to devote himself to certain duties in 1 Timothy 4.15. There are many passages in Scripture that show ministry requires a lot of effort, a lot of devotion, and it's not just a nine-to-five. That's so true. And I'm afraid ministers may have a reputation, at least among some ill-informed church members, as not being hard workers. More than one minister has heard someone say, well, half in jest but half seriously, hey, you only work one hour a week, referring to the hour on Sunday when that person is in the pulpit. J.W. McGarvey was a wonderful preacher uh, of the last century, and he once wrote this, if there is one sin characteristic of preachers, it is laziness. Wow. Yeah. That seems a tad harsh. I would say even pretty judgmental. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe so. Goodness, that's a smackdown right there. Well, I can tell you this. I once wrote a paper for a graduate class that I was taking in which I had to interview several ministers And all of the ministers I interviewed for that paper spoke of laziness as a common pitfall of ministry. Really? Yeah. I'm thinking, too, of something Dean Bryce uh, once wrote. Uh, Another faithful gospel preacher who, by the way, only recently passed to his eternal reward. Right. He once wrote that since ministers are seldom supervised, it's easy for them to do next to nothing. Hmm. Well, I think we also should mention that there is another continuum swing from laziness that goes to working too much. Um, while some some in ministry may be lazy, there are others that never take time off, and that's not good either. True. And we certainly would advise ministers to take time off every week, take vacations every year. It's not a badge of honor that you wear proudly to be to overwork yourself and never take time off. Um, but often ministers do need to be encouraged to, to be more diligent in their work than less diligent. And you know, hon, I think while we're there, that's probably a task of of elders and shepherds to come alongside a minister or a staff person and encourage them in a kind, gentle way to be more diligent in their work. Right. And I would say know yourself. You know, if you're you're leading a ministry or you're a minister, know yourself. If you're a person that 
you know, gets easily distracted, procrastinates, uh, is not a self-starter. Just know that about yourself and put some guardrails of accountability around yourself. Good. And if you're a person that, um, you know, has a hard time saying no and a hard time taking time off, you still need people to hold you accountable to taking care of yourself as the instrument of God and what he's using in a calling. So know yourself and Very true. put some guardrails up there and uh, that will contribute to the integrity of your work as Very well. Good. Well, we've talked about the need for ministers to be hard workers and we've, we've been talking about the need for them to have a sense of calling for ministry rather than just, you know, doing ministry for pay. Is there another foundational principle of ministry that it would be good for us to discuss today? Sure. A third principle that we want to discuss is that the nature and essence of ministry is service. Well, the idea of service actually is at the root of the words that are used in the New Testament for ministry, right? Right. Uh, I'm thinking of the Greek words diakonia, diakoneo, diakonos. You know, we get our word deacon from the word diakonos. All of those words are repeatedly used in the New Testament to describe the work of ministry. These words appear throughout the New Testament as the most appropriate word for the task of the church and its leaders. And these terms are used for the role of Paul's co-workers in building churches. It's used in the Gospels for Jesus and his special mission and for the work of his disciples. And what this means is that the term minister and the term servant are really synonymous in the New Testament. That word diakonos is often translated minister. It's often translated servant. Those words are synonymous. Ministers then, and we could apply this to every follower of Christ, need to realize that they are basically servants. I love that. And that's a paradigm shift, really, in the way we think about ministry sometimes. And, you know, that's what Paul called himself in Romans 1.1. He called himself a servant, or some translations, a slave of Jesus Christ. And that's what all of us are. We are just servants and we are here to serve. Yes. You know, and that leads us to a fourth principle of ministry, and it is ministry is a people helping vocation. And this certainly means that love and respect for people are absolutely essential uh, ingredients or characteristics of effective ministry and those that are leading those ministries. And I think we could turn to a whole lot of Old and New Testament passages which show that ministry is all about working with people, serving people, having good relationships with people. In fact, I'm not sure one can love God without loving people. I mean, there's many verses that say if you love God, you're going to love his people. They are synonymous. And I feel like that's very important for us to highlight right now. Right. And what we're saying is that to work successfully in a local church or in ministry of any kind, one must love people, both the people of God as well as those who do not yet have a relationship with God. What is required is a love for, a respect for, and even patience with people. Yes. I think this is a reminder, too, that ministry should not be about us, but about them. It's not about us as a servant. 
but about those that we're serving. You know Good. what I mean? Uh, perhaps there are ministers who are in ministry for what they can get out of it, not just the pay, but even status, maybe recognition, having a lot of center stage attention. And um, we would put a lot of cautions out there for that. We are not in ministry for our egos. We are not in ministry for affirmation and for people to say nice things to us so we'll feel better about ourselves. Uh, we are in ministry to help others. And I would say most people that are serving in ministry and most ministers are not that way, but there are some, and that's a caution to put out there because egocentric ministers or ministry leaders will, will hurt people and they will hurt the church and they will hurt the name of Jesus. Yes. I like what you say there that the vast majority of ministers are certainly in it for the right reasons. They're properly motivated, right? I mean, yes. they just want to serve the Lord and help people. But I think you're exactly right that there are some ministers that might be getting into it for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're more ego-driven than they are servant-hearted. Right. Okay, good. All right. Well, I think these are all good reminders, uh, by the way, not only for ministers and other church leaders, but for all of us. So, right. Before we close, let's restate these four foundational principles of effective ministry one more time. Number one, one should have a compulsion, a burning desire, a sense of calling for ministry. Number two, effective ministry begins with a commitment to hard work. Number three, the nature and essence of ministry is service. And number four, ministry is a people-helping vocation. Well, friends, it's time we closed out this week's podcast. And to our listeners, thank you again for listening. And we welcome your feedback. Let us know what you think about what we're saying. Next week, we plan to return with another episode of the Effective Church Leaders podcast, where we will offer practical advice and insights to help you get better equipped, lead more effectively, and to help your church thrive. 